0: This is the official Capture Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with you with another Thursday episode where we have usually brought in a, I think every episode, actually. You haven't had me just pontificating on on something random. It's an actual guest every Thursday, so you're welcome for that. This week... As per tradition, we have another guest. It's Joe, or at WashedUpGully on Twitter, joining us from the Great White North in Minnesota, talking about some goaltending. We're going to be discussing some, uh, you know, some the unique situation that the Washington Capitals are in, and probably mostly just bullshitting about beer league and other fun uh, hockey stuff. So I'm really excited to get this going. Let's pop some tabs and bring them in. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream right now, uh, Joe uh, at Washed Up Goalie, the host of Tindy Talk on the Hockey Podcast Network. Joe, thanks a lot for coming on, man. How are you doing? Hey, no problem. Not bad for a Sunday morning. Absolutely <laughs> right, right, absolutely. So, um, you know, we I said in the in the intro that you're you're located in in Minnesota and in, in the Twin Cities area. Is that correct? Yep.
1: Yeah, in the uh, northeast suburbs, White Bear Lake, Go Bears if you're a fan of Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, the um, yeah, the, it's the, the the only one that that I can relate to is probably that movie, is Fargo.
1: Well, and the Mighty
0: Ducks. That, that's true. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, as, just yeah. as I said that, the other movie came in. Yeah. Um, so, so like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your podcast, man. Like, you know, obviously I see the two, the two buckets, uh, for the ones who aren't, who are just listening. Uh, Joe's got two, uh, hockey he- or goalie helmets there in the background. So, you know, tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah. So, um, played my youth and high school hockey in Chicago, where I grew up, um, you know, played in the notoriously tough Chicago Catholic hockey league. That's where, uh, Chris Chelios played, um, uh, Eddie Olchek he played at my high school uh, met him a few times because of that um, Timmy Stapleton I played against him in high school uh, probably let in a few goals against him uh, <laughs> Nice. Um, and then I uh, decided you know I, I wanted to try and continue my playing days and this was really the early days of the internet so the idea of junior hockey being as prevalent as it is now really wasn't an option uh, if I were playing today I probably would gone and played junior B or something. Um, In fact, I did, I was on a junior team going into my senior year of high school, but I had to make the decision, do I want to play for that team or my high school team? And I could see that that team probably wasn't going to make it through the year. So I I made the right choice, (laughs) played my senior year with my high school team. And uh, then when it was time to look at college, I uh, found this small division three school in southeastern Minnesota that uh, just felt right for me. And I went there and freshman year they had twenty four goalies is I can't remember. I, I always go back to work between twenty four and twenty six, but it was a lot of goalies trying out for six spots between the varsity and J V and uh they had five returning goalies. Wow. So there's really one spot available and uh Somehow, uh, one of my buddies, Al, who I've had on my podcast, he got that spot and I beat out a returning, put- returning goalie. And so I spent four years as a, as I call it a JV all-star with the uh, fastest door in the MIAC. Um, <laughs> but F, you know, and, and I, I joke about it, but at the end of, end of the day, I still was part of a college program for four years. And, and that's more than a lot of, uh hockey players are able to say. So I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, and then after college, I I spent a couple of years coaching at the high school level as a goalie coach. In fact, uh, one of the goalies I coached, uh, my first year, it was his senior year, uh, Dustin Carlson, he went on and got a, uh, a prospect with the Capitals uh, a number of years ago. Now he's the Ohio state goalie coach. Uh, but he bounced around the minors for a while. But I, I had some good goalies I coached at the high school level and had some fun. And then my wife and I decided it was time to settle down and have some kids. And being gone six nights a week with kids wasn't wasn't really an option. So the coaching days ended, and I took a little few years off from hockey. But once they were old enough to go to bed on their own, I, I was back at it uh, playing in the beer leagues. And I still do that. Uh, I got a playoff game tonight. And as I was telling you before, we were starting team's not very good. So probably be the last game until after the new year. Uh but as long as there's beer, it's a victory. Uh <laughs> but then there then there's podcast, Tendy Talk. And really the idea behind the podcast was talking to goalies of all ages. Um and not just about, you know, not like the Goal magazine podcast where they talk about the technical side of it, but just, you know, why do we play? What do we love about it? But then also what do we do away from the game? you know, how, how do we find our piece that way? And so I've had bantam goalies on uh, up through uh, women's Olympic gold medalists, Stanley Cup Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion Hall of Famers, and everything in between. And it, it's really fun because at the end of the day, doesn't matter who I'm talking to, our story is all the same. We're standing in front of hockey pucks and we're a little bit weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there, it, it's, it's a lot of fun in that regard. And
0: uh, I'm closing in on episode 100, and it's uh, it's wild that I've come this far. Yeah, no, I mean it's awesome, and I think the network is is definitely great. I love that you have uh, like a like that we have a goalie centered podcast. You know, I'll say uh, I think uh, the first time, so I got into hockey pretty late. I was probably maybe 10 or uh, 11 years old. That's and, about where I was too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So what really got me, and I I thought. Well, I'll I'll get to it. But I, I I was, uh, it was the, a USHL game in Omaha, the Omaha Lancers, um, who are still there. Uh, and they were the first like live hockey show that, or hockey, uh, game that I saw. And it was from there, it was like, this is, this is it. Like I, you know, a beam opened up. And from from the heavens, and was just like, boom! This is what I want to do, like f- you know, for the rest of my life. Like this is the one thing probably that I could I could continue doing until I die. Um, yeah, it's once it, you see it live, you're just you're hooked. Yeah, it, it grabs you, and and but the most fascinating part, and me and my dad, because you know we weren't really even sports. We're not a sports family really uh, at all. And um, you know, I would I would always talk to my dad, like we would just. I was fascinated with the goaltending position. Like, how do you even move with that stuff out there? You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's so, um, for the novice eye, for somebody who's never watched hockey, like the goaltending position has to be fascinating. It was for me at least because I couldn't, I mean, it was just, it looked so weird. You know, one glove was different from the other. The helmet was all crazy. Like they look huge. They must have a huge chest protector on the pillows on the legs. And then the the pure acrobatics that they were pulling off, uh, stepping in front of of those heavy shots, uh, you know, and I mean, this was at the junior level. So this wasn't, I mean, obviously those guys were good and a lot of them went on to play in the NHL, but uh, it wasn't NHL game speed, that's for sure. Um, And... That and then, you know, obviously the fighting, cause, you know, it is the USHL. It was, you know, you either, if you're not on the scoreboard, you gotta, you gotta show up, show up on the score sheet somehow, right? It's, it's either through made penalties or, uh, or, uh, you know, putting the puck in the back of the net. But, um, for sure, that was, I mean, I, I, I've always been, uh, fascinated by the position. And to your point, I thought I was going to play goalie. And then I was like, man, the pads are pretty expensive and maybe, you know, the goaltending seems like pretty locked down. Obviously I'm late to the game. Like I need to find a spot on a team. So, uh, you know, goaltending is, is super, super competitive. Um, yeah, you know, because there's only, you know, like you said, two or three spots, uh, per any team to get on even down to house league. So, uh, definitely an interesting uh, way that I got into the game and I've always been super into the goaltending position. Um, you know, I love it. So awesome to hear. And then, you know, touching on the beer league thing, you know, <laughs> all roads, we, we we're at the end of the road there, all the roads lead to the beer leagues, right?
1: Yeah. That, that's what my buddy KVG came back and gate says is, you know, all lead, all roads lead to the beer league. And it's funny because, you know, here in Minnesota, some of the beer leagues, you've got retired NHL guys playing it, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> the day we all played to the top level we could play at and here we are (laughs) you know and the same in fact i had eddie lack on my podcast you know and he played in the nhl had a nice career and now he's playing in the beer leagues now he's not playing goalie in the beer leagues he's shooting the puck around but uh he's like yep wound up in the same place you are
0: (laughs) interesting that's crazy i didn't know that uh you know because it's funny because – so I play in, like, lower divisions of beer league. You know, again, I, I'm more – I think that it's important that when you play beer league that you find a group of guys that you're, like, close with or, yep. like, that you can vibe with rather than, you know, the guys who are, like, we want to go out and win. Like, it's game seven of the of the finals every game. Um, you know, I'm definitely not interested in exerting that much effort anymore to play hockey. You know, I want it to be fun. Um, so – you know, I think uh, it's it's interesting to to hear that. X is that common? A lot of ex goalies playing skating out. Um, a lot of pro
1: goalies that I know that even if they've just played in the alumni game, still uh, they skate out. Like Eddie Balfour. he skates out. Um, you saw Luongo was skating out at the Hall of Fame game, and part of it is, and I've talked to some of them about it is. They're not as good as they used to be. Mm. And so it frustrates them. You, you get, especially as a goaltender, like there's these things you should be able to do and your mind tells you you should do it. And your body's like, no, you're old. <laughs> but at the same time, when they get to the beer leagues, um, you know, as some have told me, you get these try hards yeah. and they forget why the, there and it's just to have fun and you know have a few beverages after the game and you know these guys it's they they just want to you know go home and tell whoever will listen to them on social media that they scored on a retired (laughs) you know old (laughs) NHL goalie or something they're like it takes the fun out of it you know when it's like that especially when I mean, we, we, if you, anybody that's played beer league knows the kind of defense that's played, it's not like you've got <laughs> Scott Stevens in front of you trying to, you know, play breakdown defense. Right. Um, and, you know, to your point, it's finding a good group of guys. I play on a D2 team out of the super rink, which in Blaine, Minnesota, it's a rink it has eight sheets of ice. It's the biggest rink in the world, I believe. Whoa. Um, and they, they have, I forget like 15 different divisions, you know, tons of teams and I play in one of the lower divisions just because it's a good group of guys. Now I've right. skated up. I fill in quite a bit and, you know, the upper divisions and I can find a team, but it's like, I like this group of guys. Yeah, uh, You know, it, seven years ago when I started with, there was some frustration, like, come on, you guys got to play better defense or <laughs> this or that. But once I accepted what I can control uh, and accepted what I can control, it's made life a lot uh, more enjoyable. um you know and just remember because i think even for me having played college hockey you know at the division three level there's that sense of competition that you have growing up there's just this desire to win and be do the best and you know expect guys to to catch a simple pass and when it doesn't happen you start to get upset but then uh then when you step back and remember why you're there, it's like yeah, you know it doesn't matter. Let's just try and stop the next shot. And if you don't, okay,
0: you don't. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I you mean, know? to your point, yeah. I mean, uh, I I I played uh, a D two club in college for a few years, uh, and then even after I graduated, out and we- out here in Wheeling, um, and to I mean, you know, it's 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 a little misleading because. I think most traditional sports, like any ball sports, if you will, like the D2 would be classified as like a more competitive uh, level than D3, but that's definitely not the case. Uh, I'll say this, uh, the shittiest D3 uh, team in Minnesota would absolutely wipe the floors with our team. Honestly, most of the teams just in my area wipe the floor with us. So, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly like that, you know, Um, but it was, it was cool. Because you know, I was I was 25 going back, and and I was able to say like you know, well, I'm playing hitting again. You know, I'm able to hit again. You know, I'm not totally washed, and like you know, I was able to play. So that was that was just kind of the whole point of it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I'm very much a champion grass set. Club hockey is college hockey. Um, you know, you're putting in the dedication, you're you're putting in the time. Uh, but when I was playing, like I said, I was playing JV Division three and. One of my high school teammates, he was up in Minnesota playing with me, you know, on the same team as me. And we had some teammates that were playing D1 club hockey at the University of Illinois. And we were begging for our coach to schedule a game with them because not every team in our league had a JV team. So we would round out our schedule playing some junior B teams. And we were like, hey, don't travel up here from Champaign-Urbana. We just need to say, let's play. And he- he looks at us, he goes, fellas, you know those games against the Junior B teams, which we honestly used to work on our power play? Uh, <laughs> not our penalty kill, because we weren't taking penalties to get them, but it was really just kind of a work on our systems game. And we're like, yeah, he goes, "They're those teams are probably 10 times better than the Division one club teams. And we're like, oh. Now, I, I know that's changed. The club yeah. hockey's come a long way in 20 years, but there is that – that jump from the ACHA to NCAA hockey. Um, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's, it's something else. So you, you just, you get used to that, that flow, that speed, uh, and that skill. Like you said, catching a pass. Um, <laughs> that I, I've tried to tell a few of my teammates, like, Hey, I, I want you out in the driveway working uh, on <laughs> catching passes. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, what? No. Uh, it's like, well, if, if, if I'm sitting at home, my son's got a uh, an Oculus, the virtual reality headset, and I found there's this game called Goalie Nader where they just shoot pucks at you. It's not great, but, you know, I, I might throw it on before a beer league game to work, Um, you know, just the hand work because a beer league warm-up is usually 10 feet wide of the net or at my head. So I'm like, right. well, I'll do that <laughs> for my warm-up. So like, if I'm doing that at home, you can at least try, it. you know, <laughs> Passing a hot uh, tennis ball against the uh, ball a couple times before you come to the ring.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and the, the thing about it too is, I think that having played competitive sports or at least organized sports, you know, I think a lot of the guys in the lower divisions are guys who who never, you know, maybe were able to to play as a kid or who always yep. had, were passionate and finally were like, you know what, I'm going to go out and put myself out there. And you know, I sometimes because you know, I'm pretty vocal on the bench and like, you know, I'll call people out <laughs> just in the <laughs> heat of the moment, you know, like in, in the game. And you yeah, know, because obviously like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, if we're getting pounded, like something's going wrong. Right. So, you know, but you look at them and, and just the way that they react, like the ones that had played organized sports, like take that and just like, okay, you know, shut the fuck up or whatever, you know, like give it back to me or whatever, yep. you know uh, but the ones that, didn't uh, play organized sports. You can definitely tell that. Like it, it's and and I gotta say, like at the end I, during over beers, it's like you know I'm just I don't I don't hate you. This is not personal. This is just like me being a dick, basically. <laughs> um, right. Well, you know. like
1: we we got a guy on our team. He never played organized hockey. It, you know, and they talked him into playing on this beer league team when he was you know older. And if you see him out there, he is an ankle bent. You know, yeah. th- those ankles are bent in. He. He looks real rough out there, but he's one of our smartest players in terms of hockey sense. And he's hurt this season. He, he hurt his uh, elbow and had to have surgery at the end of our winter season. Mm. Um, but he showed up early for our last game because his nephew was playing at the rink right down the road. So he's like, oh, I'll have my wife drop me off, and I'll watch the g- game, drink a few of your beers, and yeah. uh, one of the guys will bring me home. And, yeah. but So he got there early because I still get to the rink an hour early, and like he comes walking, and I was like, okay first of all you're not even playing and you're at the game like an hour early but what are you doing here but we were talking i told him it's like hey you're one of our smartest players so late in the game two-on-one situation i'd rather have you on the ice as my defenseman than one of our other players who individual skill wise pretty good but he's got that 10 cent fart for a brain (laughs) and of course in that goal, that particular player i think i had five goals scored on me he he was a dash three and the fourth goal was scored on a power play after he took a stupid penalty. So it's like, you know, you can't teach hockey sets. And right. this guy is bad as an individual skill player he is. He's smart enough where it makes up for that.
0: Sure. And you know, that I think that's the great equalizer in beer league, right? I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I think that Having yeah. been on both sides of, of you know, like the old you, you come out and you're playing and you see a bunch of gray beards and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, as a young guy, if you're young back when I was, you know, you're like, oh, it's. We're going to, we're going to roast these guys. And then you get that shoved up your hoop because they're just passing around you. They don't even have to move. And you're, you're out there like coming to the bench, hunched over, just sucking wind. Um, and then on the other end of it, you know, there's ones where like that, that tactic has worked, but, um, you know, that's the beauty of hockey is that sometimes, you know, if you have experience, um, you know uh, you can break teams down and I think that really like I also played lacrosse I think maybe lacrosse would be like another one where you could where you could sort of do that but uh, I definitely think that hockey especially at the beer league level you know it's it's uh, everybody's got an equal chance there no matter your age or skill level
1: yeah well when you talk about you know the the old gray beards here in Minnesota we got a lot of good old hockey players and (laughs) I, I showed up to a skate I was the youngest guy at 35 and, you know, we're in the locker room and there's two guys talking about their hip replacements they had over the summer. I'm like, oh, Lord, what did I get in for? It was one of the best skates I had been to, you know, because it's just good, smart hockey players. There's a good flow. You know, um it, I, I actually knew one of the guys I had a hip replacement. He was coaching for Augsburg College when I was in college, which Augsburg, that's the rink where they tie Goldberg to the net. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> I always had I always had good games at that rink too. So I don't know why. Um, but it's like okay, Schwartz, you're you're skating on uh, artificial hip and you're one of the best guys out here. It's just it's mind-boggling. How yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we should probably talk a little bit more yeah. about uh actual NHL and maybe a little bit of the hockey uh part of it. And and you know, you touched on because you know, we're just here just uh breaking our arms, jerking jerking ourselves off on uh on on beer league, beer league accolades here. But uh you know <clears throat> you did touch on uh well we're all a little weird. And I think that people who, you know, are maybe just fans who who've never played the game really don't understand like the weirdness of of a, a goalie. And the funny thing that you just mentioned is that you come an hour early to games. And I feel like that is, that is a, uh, not so much a red flag, but that is an indicator of your weirdness when it comes down to, uh, (laughs) to, to hockey is as a goalie, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm strolling in, if it wasn't for some of the guys I carpool with, I'd be strolling in five minutes before, you know, chugging a beer really quick and getting dressed and getting out there. But, you know, tell us, you know, what does that mean? Can you, can you maybe like, uh, articulate that a bit, (laughs) the weirdness of a goalie? You know, for me, it's
1: habit because, you know, when I was playing high school and college hockey, college was great because I was like, 150 yards from my dorm, I could just walk to the rink. I had keys to the rink because I was a Zamboni driver. Um, So practice, I would get there an hour before. Part of that was just hanging out in the locker room with the guys. uh, Free hockey tape, well, free to us anyway. You know, tape the sick before every practice just because it was something to do, hanging out with the fellas. But on game day, I was there maybe an hour and a half, two hours before because connected to our rink, we had a field house so we could go out run a few laps, get the blood run, run in, do some really good stretching. Um, But it was my way of, I get to the rink and then I'm in that zone. I'm starting to to, calm myself down because you got to be calm back there. You you can't, well, I do. I I know some goalies are just nutballs and they're all over the place and that's what they need. But for me, I need to be calm back there. Um, and then when I started playing beer league hockey and the other part of it too, is it wasn't until just last year that I was still skating with the same pads I bought in 1999 in college, you know, where th- they are the old, you know, pads. I had seven straps per pad, yeah. um, you know, so it took me a little bit longer. You know, I'm, I'm loving the new stuff. I, I can get ready in half the time, but it took yeah. me longer. Um, you know, and I, there were a few I got to the rink, you know, 15, 20 minutes before and I was able to have plenty of time. But for me, I like to do it in stages. You know, I I need that those, you know, different points where it's like, okay, now I'm going to focus on breathing. Now I'm going to do. So I I need that to get ready for a game Um, and. It's for COVID, it was tough because some of the rinks, the, the rules were you couldn't get into the locker room until 15 minutes before the skate. Right. Um, other rinks, I wanted you to get dressed before you came in, but then they realized goalies couldn't do that. So they actually <laughs> had an exception for goalies where we had the 15 minutes to get in. But at yeah. the super rink, I showed up early. That, you know, they had the 15 minute rule, um, but they also said it really didn't apply to the beer leagues and so i I walk into the rink and it it was funny because i walk in i'm wearing my mask like i was supposed to at the time and there's this high school kid working the rink telling me i can't go into the locker room until 15 minutes before while not wearing their mask i'm like (laughs) okay you can't tell me it's covid protocol when you're breaking your own covid protocol like (laughs) i I didn't care and and this kid was like well you can go get ready in the parking lot and then come in i said um i I don't think you want me to do that. And they go, why not? I said, I play commando. I get all strip all the way down. I said, I don't think you want the youth hockey players and their moms walking by seeing me do that in the parking lot. They're like, oh, probably not. You know, And I, I, I've emailed the, um, league director a couple of times with, you know, good stuff, not bragging on them. But I just sent an email like, Hey, like if, you've got these high school kids enforcing the 15 minute rule. Can you at least have them wear their mask? Cause I can't take <laughs> them seriously. I got a reply from the person. Um I've told them that rule doesn't apply to beer league goalies because you guys sit in the locker room until 15 minutes before all by yourself anyway, without COVID, you know, cause that's when all of <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the rest of the team shows up. It's like 15. He's like, it doesn't apply to you guys. I've told them that, it, you know, he's like, you sitting out in your car getting ready by yourself, or sitting in an empty locker room—it's the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't have any problems after that, but it was funny—is just showing up an hour before—is
0: it, it's what I do. <laughs> Absolutely, and I mean, you know, I think that part of the position kind of lends itself too, right? I mean, obviously. <clears throat> in a, in a sport like hockey where there's so many uh random occurrences that could happen and and also like defensive breakdowns you know and I don't know what it is I mean the, vis- the visuals of it or not I mean you know you look at other sports like um you know like lacrosse or like like uh uh soccer you know um I feel like when the team gets scored on you know it's 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 kind of just like well it's the team's fault but I yeah. feel in hockey there's a ton of goalie hatred out there. Much of it, uh, you know, misdirected for sure. But at yeah. the same time, you know, is there is there something that really is like there's more pressure, right? I mean, and and if you look back at the history of the NHL, back when the original six was, was around, they only had one goalie. So there were literally only six pro goalies yep. in the NHL ever at, at any given time in the world, which is wild. So not only highly competitive, right, amongst your peers, but – in-game, yeah. there's a lot of stress. So, I don't know. Can you talk on that a little bit? Well, you know, he you had
1: Glenn Hall playing for the goalies, didn't wear masks, and he played over 500 consecutive games. Like, it's mind-boggling, and he's also the one, I believe, that said it's the only profession in the world where every time you make a mistake, and even sometimes when you don't make a mistake, they flash a light and people cheer. <laughs> um, you know, so th- the pressure, that's one of the things as a goalie, you know, th- you learn to deal with that at a young age, y- yeah. you learn to deal with the have teammates that look at you and be like, it's your fault. We lost cause you couldn't stop that puck. It's like, had nothing to do with the fact that we got shut out Had right. nothing to do with the fact that I faced four odd man rushes. Um, you know, you, you got to learn to just, you know, let it roll off your back in a way. And there's times where it does get to you. Um, in fact, I think it was two games ago. We only had seven skaters. Um, and one of them was playing with an injury. So he was taking, you know, trying to be out there, but also trying to take a few more rests on the rest of the guys just because he needed to. Yeah. Uh, and then we had another player that um, was just taking more uh, – breaks and so that they were kind of going after the second intermission during the second where the one guy wound up leaving and then the guy that's hurt he's like i don't have much left in me so you know i'm trying to just be like hey guys we got one more period let's let's get through this and one of the other guys that wasn't even in this argument looks at me he's like well we wouldn't be in this situation if you could stop a puck and i looked at him and was like okay <laughs> this is out of nowhere like and i just i let it go i'm like he's he's tired He's having a game. But, you know, to his credit, he came in the locker and was like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, it was like, okay. (laughs) But had he not said anything, I I would have probably been pretty upset. Yeah. Um, Because there are times where I don't think our teammates take an honest, objective look at what's going on. Um, But I I think that's where some goalies, you know, we've gotten better at being honest about our own skills. Like, yeah, I sucked today. (laughs) <laughs> or I should have really had that one. Um, and I, I think the the more we're honest and upfront with our
0: teammates with it, that goes a long way too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's great to hear that, <clears throat> you know, like I said, it's it's like emotions run high on the bench and things like that. And you might say some things and then, you know, at the end of the day though, like you get back in the locker room and, and you know, you get the punch on the thigh and, and a beer thrown at you and, and everything's good, right? Yeah. So it's – that's kind of part of the 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 whole experience i'd say so that's great yeah. man that's good and it, and it shows that you're a part of a good team you know that you've got yeah you've got well, good guys around
1: you. as long as they keep calling me at the beginning of every season when it's time to stop i'm like that that's a good sign for some years they keep reaching out to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> right right absolutely yeah um yeah and I, no. I
1: think one of the reasons i do that is because my team doesn't charge me to play because right. finding goalies that are reliable <laughs> is tough. So. I make it a point to bring beer a little more often than other players. And oh, when yeah. I bring the beer, I don't just bring the cheap <laughs> stuff. I bring something a little bit better.
0: Oh, um, nice. So I, I, I think that's one of the reasons they keep me around. Oh, man. See, you know, maybe I need to talk to it because we don't charge our, our goalies either. Maybe I need to start talking to them and be like, you know, you got to start bringing beer, man. I mean, we don't even charge you to play.
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, especially for the teams that don't charge their goalies or even I know some like up in Canada that, you know, give their goalie a break on the fee. I believe it's the goalie's responsibility to bring better beer, not just, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big believer Coors Light is almost one of the perfect postgame beers because it's almost water. Right. Uh, so it's just perfectly. Now, when you get out to the parking lot, let's have a better craft beer. But there's some other better options, in my opinion, too, than Coors Light. So I I always bring them and they cost a little bit more, but it's like, I believe that's my obligation because I'm not paying, you know, I I think this last session was like 160 bucks a skater. It's not terrible, but it's like, if I can spend $20 on beer versus, you know, the 12 that the other guys, it's a little thing, but it, it shows like, I
0: appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, speaking of beer money, though hockey fans, you can light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just five dollars pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet five dollars on any NHL team to. Win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THP. And minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, so, yeah, Smooth. get that beer league money. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so. So Joe, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about the NHL here. Obviously, you know, this is a Caps podcast. We've been we've been kind of just uh, ragging yeah. the puck around, um, but you know, I mean, so what? Are you a Minnesota fan? Are you a Hawks fan? Like, who do you follow?
1: I am a Blackhawks fan. That's the team I grew up cheering for. You know, came of age watching Eddie Belfour. He's my idol. Um, but the year I started college was. The first year of the wild, so I do like the wild, I do cheer for them, except when they're playing the Blackhawks. Which, right, this <laughs> last week with those great retro reverse jerseys and you know, looks on Mark Andre, great flurry, it goes uh, tribute mask, and it's just they're a fun team to, to watch and like
0: right now, absolutely. Um you know, I don't know if you've heard of of Twitter Extraordinaire Jay Fresh. He's a big advanced stats guy. Um and, you know, to his discredit, a Penguins fan. Uh, but he uh he has always been very critical <laughs> of of Marc-Andre Fleury. He has said that, you know, Fleury was a passenger. Yeah, he's a he's a gold medalist, all these things, but you know, he he won a lot of these cups and these gold medals on the bench. Um and, you know, whatnot. But I feel like Flurry has when he was at the Penguins, I thought that he was probably after he after his early years where goalies struggle to find consistency, I think a lot in the NHL. Uh, once he got older, I think that he was kind of really not just on the ice, like the the performance wise backbone of the team for Pittsburgh, but also really just kind of like that that locker room presence and that, that leadership quality as well. But I mean, what's your take on him specifically, because you see him more now in Minnesota. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was kind of the same
1: thought process on Fleury, especially in his Pittsburgh days. I wasn't as big of a fan of him as other people were because I was going, well, look at the team in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's going to be good. But that was because I wasn't watching him every night. Um, And then he goes to Vegas and I saw how he handled that. Um, and that it was around that time that I started hearing more of his locker room presence, uh, and to have a goalie who's got a locker room presence like that, that is a big, big deal, you know, cause usually the goalies are just kind of off in their own little area, do their own thing. A guy like Marty Brodeur, um, Patrick Wad, they, they were just, you know, leave them alone. But a guy <laughs> like Fleury who kind of bring in, you know, Luongo same way brings the team together and they can be part of that team. There's, there's something to that. They, they bring the humor to the locker room um, and, you know, just watching Fleury more and more. And then he goes to Chicago and I, I loved him there. Um, had some great masks and setups there. And now yeah. in Minnesota and he, he plays a nineties style of goaltending for the most part. He doesn't give up on the puck. And I would, I would tell a young goalie to watch him more than I would carry price. Interesting. Yeah. Carrie price has got the technical side of things down, everything else. But to me, what of that never say die Goonies attitude? Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know, on any play and his love of the game, the guy's always got a smile on his face. Uh, you know, I, he's clearly racked up the wins and he's, he's shown that he's one of the, I'm great. I'm not one of the legends of the games, but he's, he's in that upper, upper echelon of all time goalies. And it's because of his longevity. Yes. But I, I think as I now objectively look back at his early years, you know, and some of his accomplishments, it's like, it wasn't all just the team in front of him. It was him. And, um, you know, I, I, I think when we think of a goalie, like Chris Osgood, there's, there's always the argument of whether he'd be on in the hall or not because of the team he had in front of him. They, they sort of played goal. Well, no, they couldn't. Osgood made the saves when he needed to make the saves. And Flurry's kind of the same way. Like he needed to make the saves when they needed him to make the saves. And at the same time, the Penguins were able to take some of those chances because they had him back there. Sure. Um, you know, you look at some other teams. Uh, um, Washington's a good example. Uh, they, they couldn't get over the hump for a long time. And it was, I would argue, because of goaltending. They had good goalies, but they didn't have goalies they could trust back there. Uh, they didn't have the goalies that they could trust to bail them out on a 2-on-0 because they made a boneheaded play as they are trying to take a chance. Then you got Holtby, who he was hot for those that span, and they trusted him. And it was like, okay, now I think they I think they overpaid for Kemper because he just won a Stanley Cup, but he was one of those. So I I kind of put goalies into three baskets. There's the goalies you play defensively because you don't trust them. Yeah. And there's the goalies like Kemper. They're not going to lose you games, but they're rarely going to win you games. Okay. Same cost. Just a good goalie for Colorado. He wasn't going to lose them the games. He was going to make the saves when they needed him to, but they weren't necessarily going to take the chances when they were trailing because he was back there. And I I think Washington maybe overpaid or maybe not overpaid for this year, but gave him a longer term than he deserved. Um, Because he's got a track record that shows that it's not sustainable. In my opinion, Uh, I like the guy don't, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's a top five goalie. Like they
0: paid him. Sure. You know, and, you look at Kemper, and I mean, I think that Brian McClellan had to do something, right? And and you know, when we we talk about bringing mm-hmm. in the tandem that we did, right? Because we had to bring you know Lindgren, who I think has a ton of potential. He's a silly cider, which is weird, yes. Um, <clears throat> but I think he's got a ton of potential. And then there's Kemper, who is the the tried and true, right? He's going to be your starter or whatever. Um, all the way right. back to the years of like you know legend Oli Kolzig, uh, he. He, he, the you look at the Washington Capitals goaltending situation and since Ole, Ole had to fight to get that net ended up getting it yes. you know he was he was an old quote unquote old goalie when he came into the league and started to actually become you know notoriety get the notoriety that he he had um and when i say old he was like 26 25 26 something like that um and then you know he had a lot of he 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 was before Holtby, you know, a lot of, uh, longevity based records. I mean, we've had him on the podcast. He's, he's talked about it. Um, but he, um, you have that. And then you have like every succession past that the caps tried to bring a golden boy in and that golden boy subsequently lost the net to somebody who had a chip on their shoulder. And you know, yep. there's that. And then we look at the VTech Vanacek and Samsonov's situation same thing there. Samsonov was supposed to be that highly drafted Russian goalie. You know, a lot of good Russian goalies are, are coming out lately, you know, in the past five, ten years. Uh, and then, you know, you have uh, Vitek Vanacek starting to beat him out and get the starters role for a while. And then, you know, all of a sudden the caps are like, we're going to go a different direction. So, I mean, uh, I'd, all that to say, <clears throat> you know, I think that uh, we're for our tandem, because we got lingering so cheap, I think that overall, if you look at yeah. both, it's an okay number. Uh, but yeah. you know, any good NHL team shouldn't be paying more than like six to 8 million for a tandem, right? Like that's, that's kind yeah. of how it is. Goalies never get paid. It's, it's honestly a travesty because they probably play the most important position, uh, for your team. But at the same time, that's just how it is because they're voodoo, they're inconsistent. You never know like what you're going to get. Um, I'm happy with the move, but, you know, I'm wondering, like, you know, what, and I know you may not watch a lot of them, but, you know, now that we have Samsonov moving on, Vitek Vanacek just uh, just absolutely waffle stomp the caps last night, making 38 to 39 saves. Um, just an incredible display. I always liked Vitek more. I thought he was more technically sound, um, and I think Samsonov really kind of relied on his his physicality like him being a, a larger goalie and you know mm-hmm. obviously a freak athlete as well um I think he relied on that a little too much and in the NHL you can't guess right you got to know the play you got to be able to uh play technically um unless you're Dominic Hasek which there hasn't been a Hashik ever and there hasn't been since right so uh I mean I don't know what's your take no. between like the the differences between these two young guys and then the the vet and and the kind of up-and-comer that we have now
1: you know, I, I love the idea of having the vet and the up and comer because he like said Kemper's a journeyman. He's been around. I mean, he started in Minnesota. I, I remember his days in Minnesota. I was having with my buddy um, Ryan S, who runs a goalie school up here. Where he wasn't a fan of, him. um, and I, I understood why. But he he's been a journeyman. He's been around. He knows how to be a pro. And now you got a young guy like Lindgren who's shown the flashes of brilliance, but he still needs to refine his game and get up to, you know, the NHL standard. And you know, you bring up Kolzig, and he was a an older rookie, you know, at 26, because he toiled in the minors and as a backup, and then when he got his shot, he shined. And it reminds me of how they used to treat NFL quarterbacks. They would draft one, and then he would very much like Aaron Rodgers, sit for two or three years and learn the pro game. Right. And then they would turn the reins over and they would flourish. And I, I almost feel like that's kind of what they're doing with Lindgren. That's almost what they did with Corey Crawford in Chicago. He played four or five years in the AHL, then came up to the big club. And a year later, was the Stanley Cup champion. Um, and to me, if uh, Henrik Lundqvist makes into the Hall of Fame, Corey Crawford needs to be in the Hall of Fame because they have identical numbers, but Corey Crawford has two Stanley Cups. Wow. Um, So uh, when you look at the numbers, they're the same. Uh, That's something a lot of people overlook. They just look at Henrik Lundqvist and say, oh, he was so dominant. But did he win any Stanley Cups? Uh, uh, And Corey Crawford did. But the difference there was he he was uh, was kind of the... uh, understated goalie he, he wasn't is he made some flashy saves but he he wasn't out in front of the media very quiet guy so you know it's if you don't see him on all the highlight shows and everything else doing the interviews out of sight out of mind um but back to the question on lindgren i think it's a good move long term for what the caps are doing of having that you know vet carry the workload let him take over you know when they can um I just don't know what the the long term plans of Kemper are because I I forget how long his term is, but it's a couple of years. You know, are they going to want, is he going to accept that backup role as Lingren progresses or are they going to move him? That's the question I have.
0: Yeah. And uh, Lingren's contract is is five for five and, and change. So. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think that. Yeah, and 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 who knows? I, I again, like I said, I think that immediate performance has been good. You know, uh, I always find that when goalies, and and what what scares me about changing the whole tandem from Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek to uh, Kemper and Lindgren was that I feel like you have to give a goalie a new starter. Like if you, if you trade for it or if Mm -hmm. it's a brand new, you got to give them a one year grace period where they could be absolutely awful or they could be middling or they could be brilliant. But that doesn't matter. Like when you look at the entire longevity of, of the stay with the team, I feel like you got to give a goalie a year grace period and throw that sample size out. And then by year two, you're like, okay, what's this guy really made of, you know, on this team. Yeah.
1: Well, you mentioned something too, of goalies getting tired. And I, I talked about this on the, uh, nashville's uh catfish podcast um this idea of goalies getting tired is a new one uh, because you you look at a guy like grant fear at the end of his career was playing what 76 games in the season yeah um you know in the 90s goalies were playing every game they could possibly play um and, and i get the whole idea of it it's a different game and it's harder on the hips and this and that but Most goalies I know, the more we play, the better we play. You get into a groove. And so this whole idea of load management and resting them and everything else, unless that goalie tells you, let them play. Stop thinking that we get tired. I mean, it's not like a defenseman, like a Duncan Keith, who's playing 30 plus minutes in a game and he's tired. It's like, no, they're going to play the whole game unless they completely stink that day. Yeah, and if there's a back-to-back, so what? They still got to wake up, go to morning skate, show up to the game. You know, an hour, hour and a half for whatever league or team rules are. They still got to get dressed and be on the bench. They rather
0: be playing, so let them play. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, that's not to say that the goaltending position, because they're not skating around, is not grueling. Um, it is. You know, I think that you know, with with the science behind sports medicine and and you know. Treating players less like like uh, livestock <laughs> is probably an indicator to that for sure. Um, you know, I know yeah. that because I've strapped on the pad several times and, and gone out and played. And oh, my God. I mean, it is falling down and getting up is one of the hardest things that a human, I think, can do. Like getting knocked down and get, picking yourself up off the ground <laughs> is one of the most like – uh, you know, physically strenuous thing. And then that's all you're doing in the crease is you're just falling down and getting back up on yeah. skates with the pads, you know? Um, You know, I mean, Holtby would sometimes say like he loses like 10 to 12 pounds per game. He just has to juice. Like he has yeah. to hydrate, you know, all the, da- all the time. He's just chugging water and everything else supplements, things like that. Um, And I could see that. I totally could see that for sure. Um. So it's it's interesting that's an interesting well, take. It, and I and I but I agree. I think that you're right. Goalies do get in. I mean, how many times have has a team been dominating in a game, just a small sample size of one game, and the goalie hasn't seen a shot all period, comes down first shot in the period, it goes in. Yeah.
1: It it and and it's almost harder when you're not seeing a lot of shots. I, I so the high school I went to, we were not very good. Freshman, sophomore year combined in league play, we went one thirty eight and one. Yeah. I just had one of my um, goalie partners on. We were talking about how we were getting 50, 60 shots a game. in high school in Illinois at the time, periods were, I want to say, 17 minutes. And then mm-hmm. I get to college, and we have 20-minute periods with yeah. resurfacing between every period, not just <laughs> one period. Right. And I have a team in front of me that's only given up 20 shots. And so after my first game, get off the ice, and one of the uh, upper class ones are like, so how was it? And I go, I was really bored back there. Like, I had to stay <laughs> focused. It yeah. wasn't just like boom, boom, boom. Uh, because you think, you know, those games were always getting 50, 60 shots. And I, in fact, I had Ron Tugnot on the podcast and he was talking about his game where he made what, like 60 some odd saves in a game against, uh, Boston. And, um, you know, I, I was talking to him about, it. he's like, no, he, and he agrees, you just get in this flow you don't realize you're tired until after the game and you're like get me some gatorade get me an iv i need something but it's <laughs> like you just you're in a flow you're moving and it's those games where you're only getting 20 shots where you have to be mentally strong and you gotta stay loose throughout the game too it's it's a lot harder those those games
0: absolutely yeah and it's it's just an interesting dynamic because you would think you know when, uh, cause all the skaters are feeling it at this point, you know, momentum's on their side, you know, things like that. And then letting up, yeah. you know, and then you're just hoping that the goalie can, can come back on the, on the odd chance that they do get. Um, <clears throat> I would yeah. love to hear though, uh, what your take is on, on, you know, like you're looking at, and, and of course this is like, so caps, right? We, we jettison some talent and then they go off and absolutely dominate. I mean, we've got Burakovsky, Verona, you've got, uh, now Vitek Vanacek, Jonas Siegenthaler and Vitek Vanacek on the New Jersey Devils who are on an absolute, you know, f- they've won like what, 14 of 15 or whatever. their past uh, 15 of 16, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, you know, I mean, what was, what's your take on Vtech and Samsonov? If, I mean, and I know again, if you, if you don't watch them that's fine. You know, I don't know. Toronto now, uh, Samsonov is injured. Of course it looks like, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, any anything there that you were you were looking at? Because I know that Caps fans were. It was a much maligned, I think, uh, decision to jettison both, and especially because we just let Samsonov walk, and that was a first round pick, first overall for us. Uh, you know, that was uh, you know one of those one of those players that we really had a lot of hope for, and just never really could get it. You know, I mean. He wasn't bad, it's just that overall, but he just let up those like untimely goals that would break you, you know? I, yeah, so I was well, just wondering you know, what I, you thought.
1: I, I think it's one of those where some of these goalies, and it's not just goalies, but I mean, as a Hawks fan, we're seeing it with Kirby Doc, where they, they needed a, a change of scenery to continue their progression for whatever reason. Uh, the system they were in maybe wasn't working for them uh and that changes scenery sometimes it invigorates guys and i mean we've seen it i'm a cubs fan uh and you see in baseball where sometimes you get that guy that you know goes to a new team in that first year he lights it up because he you know he's loving the the new lease on life and then year two year three they they go back to the way they were before uh you know they they become human again um I'm not saying that's going to be the case with both of those guys, but I have a feeling that's a big case of it. I mean, you got Samsonov. I mean, he went to the Maple Leafs. He's a Russian guy. Let, let's not ignore the fact that the Russians really like, you know, the spotlight. Right. Um, th- they like that. So I, I have a feeling, you know, being in the the center of all of it is probably uh, invigorated him a little bit. And Washington's a great hockey. Um, market, but it's not Toronto. Sure. Um, you know, Toronto, they're, they're the creme de la creme when the hockey markets, and that's probably fueling him a little bit. Uh, it probably helps that he doesn't understand that the language is good as some of the other goalies that have gone through there, so he can't can't uh, hear the criticism, but I, I'm
0: sure he's uh, being told told what the praises are. Sure, um, <clears throat> and then you know, like I said, I thought Vitek Vanacek was the better of the two. I liked him better. I thought he was a better team guy. I mean, uh, have you gotten to look at, at him much? Because I know you know it's in. He's in DC for a couple of years. He was in. He was when we drafted before Samsonov, but he like, you know, he was a, a later draft pick. He toiled away in the in Hershey for a while, um, and and you know, I mean, he was. Battling last night, I mean, he looks like a whole new yeah. player. Cra- obviously, he wants to he wants to shut down Ovi, which he did eight times. Um, and you know, he <laughs> wants to he wants to have that right. But of course, also, he's feeling the juice of that winning streak. You know, having lost only one game in the past month. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, stylistically, so I haven't I haven't watched a whole heck of a lot
1: of him. But this is what I'll say about him being a New Jersey he's got a really good goalie coach and a guy by the name of Dave Rogalski. And I know he's a good goalie coach because we were goalie partners in college. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. And, and Dave, he was just that uh cerebral, really smart goalie. Um, and I, I've talked about this on the podcast, my podcast, Sunday talk before we had some, a really unique time at St. Mary's with goalies. Cause it was me, uh, we had Dave there. We had this fellow Ryan S, who runs Seven Air goaltending in the Twin Cities, and Seven Air has uh, goalies like Maddie Rooney and uh, from the U.S. Women's Olympic team. You know the the Secretary of State, gold yeah. medal winner. Um, so we had some really good goalie minds there, and even some of the other guys like in Alan Owls, Um So we, we had all of these really smart goalies who understood the game. Um, now our bodies might not have done what our minds told us that's why we're all playing division three hockey <laughs> but even though we had a goalie coach he wasn't always at every game he was a busy guy he had kids of his own uh we were watching each other and working with each other pointing things out we saw in each other's game and dave was a really fun guy to be out there on captain's practices with or something because he, he would share that stuff and you know he he kept coaching after college and uh, was coaching at St. Cloud State University before he got his uh, first opportunity in, in the NHL. And he was the Blues development coach with the young goaltender by the name of Jordan Binnington. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't think Dave worked much on Binner's um, temperament, but he did work <laughs> a lot with them on the technical side of the game. Uh, and Binnington credits him with getting him to the NHL and helping him win that Stanley Cup. Wow. Uh, And then after that season, the Devils—I I don't want to say they poached him from St. Louis, but they gave him that full-time opportunity, and he—he's done well with them. I know last year people were like, "Oh, the Devils are terrible, goaltending's terrible." Well, they, they didn't have a lot in the cover for right. <laughs> you know, you had Corey Schneider trying to stick around the league. You know, it's just kind of this carousel goalies, but now now they've brought some stability to the net i think and it's showing and yeah. so i i'm excited to see what happens in jersey i, I think jersey and buffalo are two clubs that are just having this renaissance um, with sure. young players who are overperforming but they're too dumb to know they're overperforming so they're just <laughs> going with it Right, right. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it, it, if if both teams had a bunch of vets, I'd be like, all right, this, this isn't going to last long, and they would, you know, start getting in their own heads. But these guys are like, look at this, we're great, uh, <laughs> so th- they don't know they're they shouldn't be playing this well, so they're just going to keep doing it. And uh, you know, I, I think Vanek is just reaping the rewards of a team going out there just having fun and winning hockey games, but then also, you know, he he's got that new lease too because. You know, when he signed in Jersey, probably thought, well, the, the expectations aren't as high as they were in Washington. Right. So y- you take that pressure off to just go out there and play, and it, it it's liberating seeing that with him at the same time.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting that you bring up the goalie coach because I think that there's – uh you know, Caps fans have always questioned, you know, we had at one point, uh, legend Mitch Korn, you know, uh, with Barry Trotz's crew and, yes. then, you know, Barry Trotz gets, you know, uh, takes his leave. And then Mitch Korn goes with him, um, and, and, you know, yeah. goaltending. Korn becomes, goes with
1: him and Holpe starts to not play so well. Exactly. Uh, yeah. that That's not coincidence.
0: Right, um, it's interesting. So I mean uh, that the the goalie coach. Well, first of all, it's interesting that you said like, I mean, not having a full time goalie coach. I mean, you know, having a full time goalie coach is really something that the pros enjoy rather than mm-hmm. anybody else. You know, I know that a lot of youth kids yeah. have to go and like go to camps or go do extra sessions with a goalie coach somewhere. You have to travel that. Um, so it's interesting to hear that you know not only is that prevalent. In youth, it's all the way up through college, and you know until you hit the pros, you really don't have a full-time goalie coach. Um, right. So uh, definitely interesting there. And, and hey, maybe it is. Maybe Caps fans are onto something with the goaltending uh, coach kind of being sued, way undervalued and, and and understated. I think in in the pro game right now. So interesting stuff. Um, I did I did though, and, and this is the last thing I think we have time for. You mentioned, and I know that we're we're like really throwing it back to earlier in the interview, Corey Crawford versus the Lundquist argument about the Hall of Famer. Um, I always had thought that Corey Crawford was – one of your middle bucket guys that you'd reference, like the guy that won't yeah. win you a game, but the guy who's sturdy enough to make the stops that he should, is that where you would classify him? Cause I, I never thought he was, you know, like a Vezna guy. I never thought he was like, you know, even top 10 in the league when he was winning cups back in, mm-hmm. you know, in the prime. But you know, what was your you know, take on him
1: early on? I thought he was kind of that middle bucket goalie. And the more I watch him, which was almost every game, especially in the playoffs, Yeah, the more I changed my attitude, Um, because he made some huge saves, some saves he shouldn't have made, and it was because the Hawks were pressing. Yeah, um, that he was forced to make those saves. Now the Hawks aren't going to go for those home run passes if they don't believe they got somebody back there because Scott Darling, Blackhawks fans love Scott Darling because he was a local kid who was on a Stanley Cup team, and he. He was what I would call the ideal backup goaltender or the one B goaltender where he's gonna come in and he was gonna he was in that middle bucket. He yeah. tried being the, the starting goalie in Carolina, didn't go you know, and he had some injuries, but um uh didn't go the way he thought. But we loved him in Chicago because he came in and won games and Crawford was hurt or couldn't or whatever. I mean he yeah was a 2015, he won that, uh, Nashville series, but the Hawks play different when Scott Darling was in that versus Corey Crawford, Corey Crawford, he was, his style of play was just very technical. So he wasn't always making the big flashy saves. When I was in goalie camps as a, you know, squirt, our goalie coach told us when you see a goalie make a big flashy save, it's because they were out of position, right? Right. Crawford could make those, but he didn't make them often, which meant he wasn't often out of position. Sure. And to me, that that's a great goaltender. I always thought Marty Bordeaux was a very boring goalie to watch. He wasn't as good as everybody said he was. And as time went on, I went, no, he's pretty damn good because <laughs> he, could, he could make those saves. But it was like watching Patrick Watt. They were kind of boring to watch to the untrained eye. But to right. somebody like myself where it's like, wow. They are always on their mark. Corey Crawford was that under-the-radar, you know, top-tier goalie that never got his dues. He should have won the Conn Smite in what was it, uh, the 2013 finals, but they gave it to Duncan Keith. Not a bad choice. Keith was awesome that year. right? But like Keith said, it belonged to Corey Crawford. He was the best player in that playoffs. Um, but because like some of the other goalies
0: have won it, um he didn't get the consideration. Right. Of course, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I uh, I you know you're winning me over a little bit on on Corey Crawford, I think. Uh <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. I love I love that uh, that that saying there that, you know, when you see the goalies who are flopping around making the, the 10 bell saves, you know, those that's because they were out of position. I've always thought that. Um, and I think that that's kind of, you know, something that once you get, once you start watching hockey for a long time, you really do understand and, and, yeah. and playing as well. Um, and, uh, you now, know, there think... are
1: exceptions to that rule odd man rushes. Sure. Um, or defense not clearing a rebound. But honestly, we should be better at rebound control to either. Eat it up or put it out of reach, but still there are some exceptions. Uh, but when you see a goalie always making these highlight saves, and that that's one of the knocks I do have on Flurries, he has to make an awful lot of them. Right? Um, why is that?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's always scrambling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and and you know I think who is it? I think yeah. it was Jonathan Quick years ago came out with one of those Players Tribune articles, which I that's an amazing. You know, every once in a while they have some really good ones. Um, yeah. And uh, he was talking about, yeah, like, you know, I'm sick of hearing the – he's an athletic goalie. All goalies are athletes, like hardcore athletes, right? Yeah. I mean that's the – you know, we're all athletic. Uh, the thing is that you don't you, – you, you, you say that the acrobatic guy is athletic because he's out of position. That's really why. And it's yeah. funny because – Again, you know, bringing it back to how the Caps fans could relate to this, at least of of late, would be Samsonov, who often was, you know, flopping around in the crease, versus Vanacek, who, yeah, he, he, you know, his big knock was rebound control and things like that, but he most typically made that first save. So, yeah, interesting stuff, man, and, you know, honestly, I could talk about goaltending all day, so... Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on. Uh, why don't you tell all of the listeners like where where they can find you and 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 where's the podcast is and everything?
1: Yeah, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you can find me washed up goalie. Um, I put all my podcasts up out on that one, but also some of my beer league uh, uh, exploits and some other good stuff. And then uh, I've also got uh, the Tendi Talk Pod on Instagram and. Um, but you know those are the two places to, to find me like such just search wash up goalie on any of those platforms and and I'll pop up uh, or wash That that's where I post all of my uh, stuff as well uh, in fact my last post is a good uh, 2022 Christmas shopping guide it's not all goalie stuff there's some uh, <laughs> great other
0: stuff on there too um, but yeah that, that's where folks can find me awesome man awesome well again thanks a lot for coming on um, and you know what, stay, try to stay warm out there. I'm sure that there's already snow on the ground, right? Uh, there,
1: there's a little bit, we we're actually warmed up. We're into the forties today, which is unseasonably warm, but, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, we, we've had some snow already. I'm just waiting for the pond at the end of the road to, uh, freeze over enough to go skating on. It's usually, usually frozen over by now, but
0: it, it's been a late freeze this year. Interesting. Awesome, man. That's so cool. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Uh, definitely give Joe a follow at washed up goalie on Twitter for sure. And um, until, ne- until Monday it's hockey troll and Joe washed up goalie <laughs> signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official capture podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the hockey troll at hockey trolling on facebook instagram and twitter and follow the show's handle at caps chirp on facebook twitter instagram and tiktok special thanks to the hockey podcast network at hockey Podnet on social and the hockey the hockey podcast network every team everywhere check them out or we're not friends anymore